Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on CyberAid.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the CyberAid podcast, we sit down with Ken Gilmore, the CEO of Nogen, and Ryan Corey, the CEO for CyberAid. Ken and Ryan discuss the importance of having a security-conscious company culture and how that needs to be something that is thought of early on and possibly rewarding the employees who emulate these ideals. Uh, well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cyberace Podcast. Uh, today, we are talking about security-conscious company culture, uh, and today we have uh, Ken Gilmore, the CEO of Nogen, and Cyberace's own CEO, Ryan Corey, in the building today. So thank you both for being here today. Thank you. Um, Thanks, Thor. And uh, take it away. Great, great. Ken, really glad to have you. You're visiting us from where? Uh, well, Costa Rica. So, uh, yeah, warm and sunny there and uh, had to come over with my, I guess, my so- snow coat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite Apologies. cold here. Yeah, uh, sorry for the 40 <laughs> yeah, degrees. Yeah, just here. kind of warm myself up every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Now, your accent mm-hmm. is not Costa Rican. That's right. Yes, I am Irish, but uh, don't hold that against me. No, no, we could listen it's to you good. talk all day. We're loving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? yeah, good. It's cold there, too. So, uh, Costa Rica is the, the warm place of choice. It's a smart, place, smart place choice. To be, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be coming and visiting you soon. You Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So we, um, we here at Cyberary, we have a concept called security enablement, um, which is how our product is being deployed in a lot of enterprise organizations. And really excited to get you in here today because I know that you and I have had conversations and you have a lot of thoughts on what it's like to actually build a security conscious culture at an organization. So we'd love to dive into that with you and, and, um, and just kind of pick your brain on it if, if, if at all possible. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think one of the, the biggest problems with, you know, in general, cybersecurity programs and awareness programs is that, you know, you tend to forget people. Like, you know, uh, your janitor deals with confidential documents on your right. desk. Have right. you trained your janitor? Um, you know, so it, it's, it definitely needs to be an all-encompassing thing for the entire company. Um, and it really helps to... Uh, to include everybody because in general cybersecurity itself is inclusive you know you could be compromised by a man or a woman yeah. uh, of of you know any gender or race or any country right. um and you know having a diverse team um and training everybody within your team gives you different aspects of understanding of how to defend your organization as well yep yep so it's a concept that we that you know i think the world of security has been saying and preaching for years like security belongs to everyone but i don't honestly believe that that you know organizations have taken that truly serious right so you gave the example of the janitor who deals with you know probably fairly sensitive documentation that they have to transfer into the trash or whatever but um but what what does kind of security belongs to everyone mean sort of to you yeah so i mean again you know security awareness is then uh given as a very broad exercise you know so you'd get uh, examples of you know uh, don't go on to wi-fi and things like that um, and it's kind of very generic um, but then again you know having specific types of courses for people within the organization based on their role uh, is a, a very important thing too because you know developers think well i know i shouldn't use the wi-fi in the airport yeah um, you know other people may not think the same way um, but a developer may not know things about how to code securely you know because right. they code to make things work um, and that's that's their job that's their entire training I, I I remember asking in a conference one time if uh, 
any of the audience uh, had had any training, any security training uh, whatsoever. No one put their hand up. And I asked, has wow. anyone got a bachelor's degree in uh, in IT? And literally everybody put their hand up. Yep. It's like, OK, so, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. So it is important to train people in that way. That's just proof that we haven't taken it seriously. Like security belongs to everybody. It does. Right. It needs to be baked into the entire life cycle of the technological products and services and applications that we're delivering. Right. And, and it's just literally not. It hasn't been to date. Now, we're finding the trend that some organizations are starting to think that way now, right? I know um, I'd be very proud of some very prominent financial institutions that um, that are using Cybrary to, um, to put security skill sets into the hands of ev- everybody in the te- technological org. Um, and I think that's what you were talking about, you know, when, when um, uh, earlier you, you talked about how security awareness isn't enough. Right. You, you need people like the developers to have, you know, to understanding of how to code securely. The DevOps professionals need to need to really know, understand what DevSecOps kind of looks like. And sysadmins need to know security, network administrators. Right. All that kind of stuff. Um, so that that's a, that's an important, important, um, important thing. And I think that we're seeing that trend. So it's just so surprising that it's taken so long for people in, in these major organizations to get there. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, not not just major organizations, I guess, you know, a lot of people try to follow what the major organizations do and do it that way. But uh, that's, you know, not always the best way. And uh, I think every business, regardless of your industry, really does things differently. Yep. Um, You know, you could have pharmaceutical companies that you would actually call tech companies because they're just so automated, um, you know, and then other ones that are very manual. And uh, the types of training that you need to give needs to be, uh, you know, broad enough for all of the people within your specific organization and not just, you know, your industry or what everybody else does. Yep, yep. Um, the, uh, the organization NIST, uh, they do a good job with their NICE framework where they take, um, they'll take a job role, in a, like a technical job role at an organization, and they'll define out what the skills are, you know, not only to perform the core tasks of that job role, but also the security skill sets that go with um, with that job role. And so that's, that's, that's kind of how our product is aligned, right? You just assign a work role to somebody and like, these are the skills and then also the security concepts that they need to know. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. But, um, but you've, uh, you mentioned about not passing up, um, on a good crisis or brushing it under the yeah. rug. T- tell us your thoughts on that. Cause I found that pretty intriguing. So I think a lot of well, at least in small companies, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, they, they try to hide their mistakes, right? They feel embarrassed. And, I've oh, never done that. Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we got hacked, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to take ownership of yeah. it, you know, whereas in a, like a very large enterprise, hundreds of your employees have publicly seen you make this mistake. Yeah. So you can't really hide it because one of them is going to speak out. So right. you just, you have to deal with it. Right. Um, but in smaller organizations, you know, people tend to hide it. But I think that's kind of tragic. Um, in the sense of you're you're hiding this big learning opportunity, right? So you made a mistake. Uh, only I am infallible. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> um, but uh, everybody else is not. So you know we we expect that everybody to make we expect everybody to make mistakes. Um, and uh, the the key thing in it, you know, if a an organization is hacked. Um, it, I think it's probably inevitable uh, that it will happen sometime in some way, maybe minor, maybe maybe major. And um, really, the best companies that survive after that are the ones who have properly managed the crisis, not the ones who have brushed it under the rug. Right, right. That makes that makes sense. 
Um, so then, you know, in kind of a, a next step in, in building a security conscious culture, you've talked about accountability and what that needs to look like. And accountability, as we all know, like in business is critical, right? If you're trying to drive outcomes, you, you can't be, you know, as a CEO or whatever, you can't be the one doing everybody's job for them, right? So you have to delegate out. You make it very clear what the objective is. You give the person all the tools and resources and so on in order to do that job well in the way that you're asking of them. And you hold them accountable to the results. What, um, what does it tend to look like when it comes to securing, creating a security conscious culture in terms of accountability? So uh, accountability needs knowledge and awareness, right? So I've had, um, I think there was one instance at least where I've you know, gone to an organization and asked the question, you know, so who's accountable for your data? If, sure. if, if you get breached, who's accountable? Yep. Um, not responsible, who's accountable? Um, and they say the DBAs. And I'm thinking, well, hold on a second. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. The data is in a database, but do they know the sensitivity of it? Yeah. And do they know that certain fields need to be encrypted, you know, like credit card numbers, things like that? Um, and if not, why did they get fired for this? Um, so who's the actual data owner? Who is the person who knows what that data is? And um, that's the person who needs to be accountable because they have the awareness and they have the training, um, you know, within that context. So it, it doesn't make sense to make someone accountable for something if they haven't had the correct training for that accountability. I get that loud and clear. So again, just it, it, it's you as, as a manager or as a leader, right? You need to give, give people the tools and the skill sets that they need in order to do their job properly. And without kind of that awareness, that training and that knowledge, right? That the DBAs in that case, if they don't understand what security looks like in their work role, then you can't hold them accountable. And ultimately it's then your fault. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just security, it's value of the data, you know, how sure. how important is it to the organization? What would happen if it was lost? Yep. Um, you know, should should we back it up? Um, if not, you know, is it because of budget? Is it because of value? What's the reason for it? Um, and, you know, th their entire architecture should be done based on the understanding and the awareness within the organization, which requires training and awareness. Yep. Yep. So uh, we mentioned DBAs there. How does this, um, how does this tend to look in sort of like the, the, you know, the software development life cycle? Um, how does that play a role in building a culture? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of software development life cycles, even, you know, when you're going through QA and things like that, uh, it's, it's for unit testing in the sense of, uh, you know, I want to test if this is working correctly. And, um, you know, so you get a list of these are the things that uh, the unit should do yep. um, and it should work in this way. And then maybe QA will, you know, do a little bit of extra work and see if they click it in the wrong way. Will it crash or right. will something else happen? Um, but generally they don't do things like uh, unintended uses from a cybersecurity perspective. Um, you know, and they need to be trained into what, uh, as to what to look for um, and how to look for it and, you know, what's important in that security context. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, you've mentioned as well, then, as another step in, in creating this type of culture, a security conscious culture, rewarding people. What are your thoughts around that? Because that's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of cool bug bounties and things. Um, which are really, really sweet, right? So, uh, bug you, crowd, hacker one, that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or even, you know, direct companies. Like if you, if you find a bug with Google, they could pay you, I don't know, like a million dollars or something. Oh, or, sure. or maybe it's Apple. I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. but, um, so imagine if, uh, Google, right? They, they have this option, right? They, two options. They can give a external person, uh, a million dollars to find a really good bug, or they can give an in, internal employee 
$5,000 for finding the same bug. You know, which one makes more sense to the organization, sure. right? So when you're doing cybersecurity training and people find problems within your network, you know, what's the incentive for them to find that problem? Um, you know, you, you think, well, $100, you know, I don't have part with my $100, that's, uh, that could be used well in my business. But if they didn't find that, that could have cost you thousands of dollars. Way more. Um, yeah, yeah, more, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, rewarding them with these, you know, small rewards is significant for them and really good, but it also protects your future as well. And it, it is an investment in your own uh, security and your future as well. It should be considered as part of your budget. Got it. And so that um, rewarding people in the organization for finding the holes, finding the vulnerabilities, it kind of adds a little bit of a layer of a gamification to it, which you kind of referenced as another step in creating a security conscious culture, making it fun. What, what does that look like? What is what is fun security? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what's that going to look yeah. like? You know? Yeah. So I think, you know, really the thing is you need a, a good community, right? You need your, your team to be able to trust each other and do fun things. So, um, you know, one of the things we do at Nogen, which, uh, which I really love actually, is if someone forgets to lock their computer, the standard is you open Slack and you send a message saying, I love you all to everybody in the company. <laughs> oh, I love and that. everybody responds with gifts. We have our own flavor, i yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. I know it makes it fun. Everyone just goes, oh, forgot to lock his or her computer. And, you know, we just all laugh about mm -hmm. it. And then that person remembers next time, well, you know what? I should lock my computer um, because I don't want to be publicly embarrassed anymore, even though it's yeah. just kind of not really that bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, pretty similar. Uh, I'm always known to change people's backgrounds. Uh, Jeremy can attest to you himself. I've done it, um, Jeremy, our person in the booth, um, I've changed his background a couple of times when it's just like, yeah, if it's unlocked and you're not here, I mean, that is a security thing you need to think about. And it's just a fun way to kind of remind people without, you know, doing too much damage. So the background, yeah. background takes a few steps, right? It, it, I mean, it's a little, it's a little, you can do it quickly. You can do it quickly. You know, I guess you but, can get there quick. The way it started here at Cyberary was we call it the garden where if you leave your computer unlock, you walk back and you open it up to a garden or a sea of Google image search results uh. that are going to embarrass you. So like, <laughs> like narwhals, yeah. unicorns, my, my little pony, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> Panda bears, you name ransomware it. Screensaver. Yeah, <laughs> ransomware screensaver. Yeah, with those kinds of things, if, if you have a little extra time, yeah. then you can then you can really embarrass somebody pretty hard. But that's great. Is that is that kind of the, the main thought process there and making security fun? Like just yeah, adding exactly. little games to things and yeah, just just kind of, I guess, you know, making it so that everybody kind of has to participate. Um, well, you know, you don't really have to participate. And especially if you forgot to unlock your computer, uh, you know your participation wasn't really there. Somebody else did it for you, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so but, you're, you're involved. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it. You know, just find a way to get everybody to think about things as yeah. they're doing it um, without, you know, causing problems. I mean, that, that that thing that we do, it's great for us, but in some industries that may be frowned upon, you know, because someone could actually have sensitive information on the computer and some third party has gotten into it and then that employee gets into big trouble because... They have secret stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it, it depends on the industry, but that's what works for us. Yep. Got it. Got it. Um, uh, and then finally, um, in, in building a security conscious culture, you talk about promoting personal privacy. What, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things, if you want to get people involved, make it personal, right? So uh, one of the things I used to hate in my career was 
receiving and giving security awareness talks because you get you know 100 people in a room you just talk there for an hour um, about random things and it was mandatory and you check the box at the end of the year for your PCI certification right and that was it and nobody liked sitting through them they were just so boring plus my monotone voice nobody listens anyway I think it's pretty pleasant so. quite frankly yeah <laughs> um so I mean you know the the really when you want to give proper um you know engagement to people making it personal to them so doing you know how to protect your children online um it's it's a thing that you know if if i wasn't a technical person i would like to learn right i'd like to go to a course like that and ensure you know my kids are not going to these crazy youtube videos um, and and doing stuff while i'm not watching because you know as a parent you know it's it's hard enough uh monitoring your kids but then you know having to go through all of their history and, you know, see what's being done and then talk to them about it, about it. It's just, it's very difficult, right? Because you just don't have time. You have other things that you have to do. Um, So, you know, just kind of bringing people into that and understanding from a personal level, how to protect yourself, what are the risks and also gives them the mindset of, you know, what the world is like for business and other things. So, you know, while you're promoting security within your business, you're actually giving someone the value of securing themselves as well. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So those, those are a lot of uh, great points on creating a security conscious culture. So I appreciate you doing that. Why don't you tell us real quick, um, what, what is, what are you guys up to at Nogen? Oh yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we do a behavioral analytics, uh, application. And, um, so the idea is that we can find the context of you, um, and who you are and, and what you do and then anything that deviates from that. So if someone has compromised your account and they start yep. doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do, yep. you receive an alert for it. So excellent. That's, that's and the company has been around for how long? Uh, two years now, almost. Wow. That yeah. went quick, man. I remember yeah. when it <laughs> feels like it was like two months ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you, you guys created a course on Cyberry, so people can take a Nogen course on Cyberry, right? That's right. And, um, and then is the product available as a download, um, like yeah. a free version of it or something like that? Yeah, so and you can, can log where in. Can people and get that? Yeah, so just go to Nogen.com, K-N-O-G-I-N.com, um, and free version for individuals. Um, if you've got a business and you want to monitor a bunch of people, you pay per user, so much much easier. Um, but generally, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a product that... Uh, helps you as a person to be able to protect yourself and your family without any cost. Uh, it's critical stuff, critical stuff. So keep up the good work. Um, again, that's uh, knogin.com where you can access that and definitely sign up for the course on Cyberry. Uh, yeah, it's the, the Cyber Easy course. I actually took it on Wednesday when I came just to go through. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice that uh, you make it available for pretty much anybody and then companies as well. Um, and then just an easy download directly from your site and gets you all those analytical tools and everything which is nice. Um, but I mean, while I have both of you here, I mean, talking about a security conscious company culture, I mean, that is definitely something that, um, being like a lower level employee, I mean, kind of comes from the top down. Um, I know it's definitely something like we folk, we focus here on at Cyberry, and I know it's something you guys focus at Nogen. I mean, how much like input are you guys putting in? Like when you're starting kind of, we talked about it earlier is like making sure that, you know, security and security training is something that is continuous and not just, you know, the first thing you do the first day that, you know, you start work and then you never think about it again. Yeah. Or an annual exercise. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, so things change all the time in business. Um, you know, people will find things and as part of your, your, your gamification, I guess, and rewarding of people, you can actually notify people and give them training on that as well. So the person who found the problem 
could give the course, right? So they won the award, they're the hero. So, uh, you know, let them show everybody how cool they are and how they found this bug, but now it's fixed. So we don't need to worry, but watch for those things in the future. And you too could get a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of giving, yeah, like a reward system for people who, you know, might find things or are doing things correctly the way that, you know, you want them exactly. to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. You, you know, you're familiar. We've talked about on this podcast before what we do here at Cyberry, but you know, I think it's easy when you're in this industry to to assume that everybody thinks of the same things. Like it's yeah. just baked into what we do here as a company, right? So security is just baked into kind of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah something that yeah working in tech you kind of almost take for granted for after a while. It's just something that you think about. But anytime I'm home and visiting my parents and I'm seeing my dad use any one of his same passwords, and I'm just like, come on, it's please, can we do this a different way? This is not, and like it's hard to make people understand who don't have to do this all the time or don't you know um, utilize all the tools and things that we do kind of take for granted. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's an important point as well. So, I mean, the hardest people to, I guess, to preach to uh, are, are our parents. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. and uh, trying to get them to understand security awareness. You know, my my own parents say, "Well, I have nothing to hide." You know, but but the thing is, if you don't really use your email account, someone can set up an email account purporting to be you. Get, use that to gain access to your bank account online, even if you don't do online banking. Mm -hmm. In fact, especially if you don't do it because you don't have an email address associated and they can just create that, start doing all this stuff for you instead. So they haven't hacked you. They've just created an account and taken over your life Yeah, just because you're not protecting it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's not something I had thought about before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was good, man. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you. That was great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, that is another uh, Cyberry episode uh, podcast. So thanks for uh, listening and tuning in and uh, make sure to check back for another episode with uh, Ken Gilmore. That's right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.